everybody. Welcome to Clappercast episode 77, a bit of a bonus episode today. We had so much fun watching The White Lotus, and we had so much fun watching just countless movies every week. What if we do an entire TV show? What if we just add it in there? I don't know why we thought that, but we did it. Uh, I'm joined today with Alina Falds and Paul Price. How are y'all doing today? Hello. Doing well. I'm good. I'm at my grandma's house right now. Um, so I'm avoiding my family and recording the podcast with you people. I just love y'all so much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we appreciate it. The only good voice on the podcast. If you're not here, it goes downhill. So I'm happy you're here. Uh, Mm -hmm. Today we are talking about Squid Game and we're talking about Only Murders in the Building, two new shows, one on Hulu, one on Netflix that got a lot of attention. Today, the final episode of Only Murders in the Building did drop. So let's go ahead. Let's get into that show. What did y'all think of this murder mystery? Paul, I don't know. You start. I don't know why. You can, though. Cool. Um, So I originally had heard about the show while I was watching Nine Perfect Strangers. Um, I think there was a trailer for it. And even though it's right up my alley, there was some reason that I was just like, no, I'm not going to try this. Um, So I think it got to like episode three um, or something like that. And then I was like, you know what? Okay, I've seen enough trailers for it. I'm going to just try just the first episode. I'm in the mood for like a 30 minute. And I love this. Um, I think from starting with even like the serial themed music to, um, you know, all of the specific like winks and nods to uh, podcast culture um were really fun and I think all of the casting is really good I was shocked at how funny Selena Gomez is which is dumb because I know she was on a very popular comedy show for like half a decade but (laughs) you always think of her as just a singer if you're a older millennial but but that comedy show do you mean Wizards of Waverly Place yes I know I mean (laughs) I was gonna say Wizards of Waverly Place but I figured you guys would reference it later yeah, I mean, I love that show. Don't get me wrong. I definitely had like a wand like that. I was like, oh my God, I'm in Wizards. But um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I think the comedic styles of that and this are very different. I think this really is like her coming out party as being a more mature actress. And I think she is wonderful in this. But I think the entire cast is wonderful. I mean, that's definitely like the best part is these main three creating a podcast and like their dynamics. I thought it was very, very fun. I, I don't know how much I love the mystery and especially the ending, which I'm sure we'll get into. We can have a bit of a spoiler section. Um, but like, I, I don't know how much I feel about all that, but like the characters I really love and I really like. I think they really make a lot of, you know, good dialogue feel great. I guess that's my opening thoughts. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, um, I think I heard about this when Paul was telling us about it. Just like, I don't really follow the careers of like Steve Martin, Martin Short, or Selena Gomez very closely. So, but that's weird. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I do like Steve Martin, but I'm like just not familiar with all of his upcoming projects, you know? Um, but How dare you? I know I'm trash. No taste. Feeling I was really going to like this because I love true crime, but I watch a lot of um, true crime YouTube. So, um, 
even though I don't like listen to true crime podcasts, I feel like there's a huge like overlap in like YouTube true crime culture and podcast true crime culture. People kind of like lose themselves in like the case, forgetting that like it's about like real people, like especially Martin Short, every time like somebody would say a line, he's like, can you do that again? But like with, with like more feeling or like something like that, like he's like heavily directing everything, forgetting that somebody is literally like fucking murdered. Um, I had, I wish that this like all came out at once because like I had such a tough time waiting to like find out who the killer was but like the weekly um the episodic way they did it also worked like so well for like the mystery of it because like I was hyped like each week just waiting for the episode um I also liked how they did like episodes centered on different characters the one episode when they do it on um that one guy's son who's like deaf the sound in that is so good like the, the entire show is just like so unique and fun the martins and selena gomez have such good chemistry like i fucking loved everything about the show it's so well paced like it's perfect it's honestly like the best show on television i'm so stoked for season two best show on television that's pretty high acclaim i mean i don't really watch a lot of shows but i so. i think so um, um i i actually i actually will hop in there and say i do think it's the best comedy right now in terms mm-hmm. of like um pound for pound laughs it's the only show in a while that I've been like that was funny that was funny and then I watched it and obviously told my parents to watch it so I've been re-watching some of the episodes just randomly and it is funny like I thought it was very much a serialized it is a serialized show but I thought that if you tried to watch it out of order but I just you know will pop in for the episode four or whatever they're watching I'm like no this is funny I can enjoy this I know where it is in the timeline it doesn't really matter that I'm like, you know, not as invested in the mystery right now. I'm just enjoying the characters. Friendship um, with White Lotus over. Friendship with no. only murders in the building started. Uh, no, I still think of uh, I still think of White Lotus as specifically a drama that is very funny. Uh, this is a comedy with dramatic elements. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the uh, murder, Carson. Um, in the murder mystery I, one, I agree. <laughs> Uh, no, being like uh, not really 100% working for you because I actually, um, so when I watched this, um, I was the first one of us to uh, get the screeners. And so I binged through it and I'm watching episode eight and I'm going, this is the worst finale I've ever goddamn seen. This is horrible. And then the episode ends and I was like, I am livid. I was about to write you guys how pissed I was. And then I was like, wait a second. Did they only give us eight out of like nine or 10 episodes? And they did. And so I had watched the last two, episode seven and episode eight, a hundred percent assuming they were the last two. And I was like, where is, what is happening with this? Like it felt so out of place. So, you know, I will have a completely different opinion from you a little bit on the like last two episodes. Uh, because I was like, oh, thank God there's a ending. Like anything was better than just like a mid mid sentence, just like, uh, and that's over. See you next year. <laughs> it was tragic because you also watched that like right when we got the screeners, which was super early. So you had to wait like so long. Yeah, I think that I watched. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, the turnaround from me going, I didn't have any interest in the show to being obsessed was like over the course of like a day. So I'd gotten caught up. Then we got the screeners like maybe two or three days later. And so I've been sitting 
on specifically uh, the first eight episodes about a month before we got the newest ones, which we just got. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you people dealing with week to week, uh, it could be worse. You could get most of it and then just have to sit on the finale. <laughs> I also that's one thing, like from our subjective viewing experience, I'm happy I got screeners because I don't want to what like have to wait every week. But it does feel like I've not been able to engage with the conversation because as we're recording this online, everyone's like, "Who did it? What you know theories or whatever?" And it's like, "Well, I, you know, I've seen it." So yeah. I think out of all the shows or movies that like I've got access to early, this one probably is the most frustrating in a sense. Not like you know, thank you Hulu, I've appreciate it. Send us season two screeners. Um, but like, it is a little frustrating not be able to fully engage with that conversation. I think as much, um, as the show would hope you would, because that's a big part of murder mysteries. And I think this show specifically. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it is interesting using something like white Lotus, which also had a mystery, but reading those, um, I was like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> you know, even though I know how this ends, it is interesting to see everyone's theories. This one specifically, like, you're wrong <laughs> because <laughs> it is a mystery. You're like, no, 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 this, this is stupid. Um, it has nothing to do with like their positions on like uh, using White Lotus, like their uh, emotional arcs and all this stuff, which you can find really interesting regardless of. Um, you know, if they're correct, this is like, and I think the murderer was this. And you're like, no, <laughs> very <laughs> Agatha Christie, um, which is like why I don't particularly um, love adaptations of her stuff, especially if they're some of the more popular ones, because you're just like, I know what happens. So I cannot get invested in this specifically um, uh, Murder on the Orient Express, which I find to be one of the most boring novels. And everyone's like, we're going to make that one. <laughs> Um, so the other podcast I, I researched for and not having it all, uh, I got the research task to do only murders in the building. So you guys want to hear some fun facts from behind the scenes. Yes. Go for it. Kind of funny. And there was two that really stood out to me. Um, so like Steve Martin is the one who had the idea for only murders in the building. And originally he didn't like, um, see himself starring in it but he was talking to Martin Short and Martin Short was the one that convinced like Steve Martin to do it um, and Martin Short said and I quote you know you're old we could do this that's how he convinced him to do the show which I think is so funny um, and then the other one I thought was really funny is like Selena Gomez would apparently show um, the Martins I call like Steve Martin and Martin Short the Martins now. I think it's really funny. Um, she would show them like rap songs. And so like Steve Martin said in an interview, we had to listen. Well, not had to. We got to listen to WAP. And then he like went on this like whole tangent about how Selena Gomez made him listen to Wet Ass Pussy. And it's like <laughs> that as a concept is like the best thing ever. So it sounds like they had a really good time behind set. And I'm looking forward to like hearing more stories from like season two and whatever. Because like, Selena Gomez, like she just fits so well into like their dynamic. I love it. She calls them her like crazy uncles. So I, I feel like they really hit like the jackpot with chemistry on this show. Agreed. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because I would not expect that from Selena Gomez, but like she mm -hmm. does deliver. Because in every like, because she's had more dramatic roles, uh, looking mm -hmm. specifically at what was the uh the Woody Allen one, a rainy day in New York or whatever. Like yeah. it's somewhat similar role especially with how specifically New York it is which is another thing I love about this show is how New York it is um 
you wouldn't expect that from her because I think she's genuinely been quite bad when it comes to serious roles. Um, but no, I mean, I fully agree with you. She really, it's just so sweet. Like she's such a sweet, like 20 year old girl. And then you just have these two like old men and you, it's like, great. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. And Sting is there. That's fun. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, that's one of the best parts is that uh, the show really uses all of like characters, uh, the actors, uh, personalities and really twist them. I think one of the funniest parts is um, Sting being used and they set up a joke that Sting is in the building. And then the next episode or like two episodes later, even maybe um, Sting appears. And I was like, oh my God, I thought this was just going to be like an off offhanded joke. And they're like, even like there's a point where they're like show a picture of Sting. And I was like, this is as far as they're going to go. They didn't really get Sting. Um, then there's Tina Fey, who um, this is like one of my favorite roles for her. She just appears in a little bit of a cameo. And then every single moment of that particular uh, particular scene is so funny. And she plays the role so well. And that her assistants that look a little bit like her, so funny. Um, but yeah, it's just you go through everyone. But then you go back to fucking Martin Short and uh, Steve Martin, who, if you know them from their like huge long history of comedy, Martin Short is a little screamy, a little annoying. And (laughs) Steve Martin is usually like the very, uh, either the very dumb guy or the very smart guy. And I, what I like about, but he's always like in charge. And, you know, uh, what I really like about this is that they played against their own types just enough to where I never like my brain didn't go, oh, this is Steve Martin playing a character. Oh, this is Martin Short playing a character, especially Martin Short. Like this is a wild role for him because he only gets a little screamy like three or four times in the entire season. And it's Mm -hmm. perfect. It makes it makes that funny. Um, If you watch him do a lot of like cameo work or like show up as a guest star, uh, he's so frustrating because he just sucks the room out of everything because he's so Martin short. Uh, Most specifically, I can think of is Arrested Development where he's in an episode and his character's funny, everything. And his performance is so big that like it feels like it's coming from a different show and kind of almost ruins an episode of Arrested Development that I think is funny outside of him. Um, but I like him, but I should clarify, but it was just very interesting to see him play subtle character work, especially when he goes and sees his son and things like that is like, oh, cool. This is a completely different, uh, look for you. The last thing I want to talk about, uh, <laughs> I think the production design of this show is some of the best I've ever seen. One of my friends pointed out, they were like, um, so I started Only Murders in the Building and literally your apartment in 20 years is Steve Martin's apartment. And I hadn't noticed how much I liked it until I was like, oh my God, it literally is what I, all the color schemes, the design. Uh, yes, it's a hundred percent what I would do. But I, outside of that, I just think it's, it feels so uh, rich and um, all the characters like feel like they live in these places and there's a sexiness to this thing that's basically an old building that like, you know, is not as cool. You know, if you really stayed at one of these in New York, it's not nearly as nice as this, but it still feels to your point, Carson, 
New York, but also um, it has an elegance to it that's really nice and adds to the noir kind of theming. But yeah, we could talk spoilers. I mean, it's like, well, first, just to go on that point and not to continually bring it back to a rainy day in New York, which I know film Twitter probably won't love the fact that I'm referencing that so much. But like, it is just that modern seductive take on New York City. And I've never been in New York. I want to, never been there. But like, I think it's just one of the richest environments you probably can have in media right now. I think this perfectly capitalizes on it where it's just, there's endless people, it's endlessly thriving, there's endless personalities, but there's also this really deep culture and history, but also it's kind of like claustrophobic at times. The building has a life of its own, right? There's all these floors, they have these meetings with just all these people, but also like it's so claustrophobic in the building and specifically when, you know, they know there's a murderer here. And I think that just plays so well. And I really think like this is a film we talk or a show. We talked about the White Lotus and we talked about like future seasons and like, oh, it'd be so great if they went this place in the world and oh, you really could change it up. I think this show only works in New York City in a very specific lens of New York City. And I don't want to see them ever leave that because I think it's genuinely probably one of the biggest highlights of the show, at least for me personally. But but we can get into spoilers if you want now. Cool. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Um, Yeah. uh, So let's uh, let's talk about that first murder because that's the one that I don't think is actually as good story-wise um <laughs> the first so, that comes in the okay storyline uh how the story basically works uh you should have seen this uh if you're we're getting into the spoiler section but there's two murders uh one set in the past when uh selena gomez was younger and uh one set today that seems to be related so the first one is uh this character zoe and uh throughout the series you're kind of led to believe that it's connected to tim kono um because they were friends when they were kids and the zoe reveal uh, of what happens with her i thought was just like so silly and especially i did think that it was coming up as a finale i have to like caveat that i thought that this was like the wrap-up of the season um i i just found it like wait who is this character have we met this guy and then like it, it's one of my biggest pet peeves with murder mysteries is when they're like, oh yeah, you couldn't have possibly known that all of this happened um, for you to like start learning it. And so it like really annoyed me because I was trying to solve it as I was watching the episodes and it felt like there was too much information missing. Um, if they had wanted to plant this, I wish that they had had um, the son of the funder um, I forgot his name. One second. Uh, Theo. Um, I was hoping that like Theo had shown up more and like been a character. I, I'm sure he's like in a scene, but I don't remember him <laughs> being like at all prevalent until they're like, uh, you know, uh, the episode about him, the boy from 60. Uh, but I'm curious what you guys thought of specifically that one. And then we could talk about the mystery. I thought it worked well because it really did throw me off the trail of like who the actual killer was. Like I fully um, believed that everything was connected to like 
Zoe and Selena Gomez's like past friend group especially when like her friend like the tie-dye guy shows up like it just seemed like it had to have something to do with Theo and like Zoe and all of them um so like when it like spoilers when it didn't I was like genuinely so surprised like it, it worked for me yeah, you know, I didn't mind that one that much. I agree with you to a point, but I find it funny because your complaints with that mystery is like my full complaints with the main mystery. But since this was the side one, this wasn't really like the focus. I didn't, it didn't bother me too much. Um, I think it was a good red herring. Like it was a convincing red herring. I don't think it took away from the main mystery, which I guess is like when you have a red herring, really, I guess the phrase of the day out for me, um, it you run the risk of it being distracting filler that just has goes nowhere and really doesn't mean anything. And I think this one worked for me more than it sounds like it worked for you, but like literally verbatim what you said about this mystery and how you disliked it was my issue with the wrap up of the main mystery. So that's fun. Uh, uh, then I, we can go into it and we can go back and mix the two together in a second, but Sure. Do you want me to like talk about yeah. it? Yeah, sure. I was saying like you can just cut this little yeah. section and then like go straight in. So cut everything you ever said. Got it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, my biggest issue with the main mystery, and I'm not even going to attempt to you know, do character names because I don't know them. Sorry. Um, but you have this relationship that forms, right? And you, then it turns out that she's the killer. She was having an affair. Blah 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 blah. Or I guess cheating more than having an affair. But like, I'm sorry. I didn't really know this character that well. It didn't really feel like that was relevant for the majority of the show until the end. And I was just like, huh, like, it's fine. It's not like terrible or anything. I wasn't like mad, mad, but I was just like, this is kind of like, like, it's not very similar to you. Go to Murder Mysteries and naturally you want to figure it out. Naturally, you're putting all the pieces together. Naturally, you are looking at the clues. You're trying to figure out what is happening. I mean, even in the narrative of the show, it shows us when the very first episode, they're all listening to the podcast and they pull out like their map of the city it takes place in and like mm -hmm. they're following along. And I just felt like this was such like a kind of, not bullshit, but just like a weak wrap up where it's like, well, I wouldn't have really ever predicted that. It didn't really feel relevant. I just, it really was uninspired for me personally. See, that, that's so funny because I, um, I had kind of guessed her from early on. And so uh, that's actually why- <laughs> It's funny because I was like, oh, I thought she was the killer when they were like wrapping up the Zoe thing and what I thought was the last episode. And I was like, huh, this is weird because she's just like and then um, she gets stabbed. And I was like, oh, I guess she was the killer or is going to be involved with the killers. And that's going to be like a thing moving forward. Um, I do think it's weird that they telegraph in um, episode eight when she gets stabbed they telegraph that she's um, somehow related to the mystery. And then in episode nine, they telegraph that she's lying and probably yeah. is the killer. And then in episode 10, they're like, reveal she's the killer. I was like, <laughs> I don't mind it because this is first and foremost a comedy, but it is a little weird. I was like, you didn't need all of these. Because um, as soon as you say bassoon cleaner, we know you're the killer. And I can't imagine um, we're recording this, I think, even before episode nine's come out. I'm very curious to see how people react to the ending of episode nine and having to sit a week and then it still be her that's revealed to be the the dead woman, uh, the, the killer. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to say, as an aside, the podcast name "All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma" is genius. It's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Only murderers in the building is like the fucking G- like a murderers. Only murderers in the building. <laughs> great, great ending. Um, I'm I'm so excited. I really have a feeling that uh, Tina Fey is going to be come a lot bigger part moving forward. I agree. Um, do you think that season two is going to focus on her? Because they're like in prison, so like they're not gonna. I don't like. Are I, they going to be I the main assume, characters? No. I assume that they'll they'll still be the main characters. Uh, they'll probably just get out on bail or something, mm-hmm. um, or it may be a lot more flashback heavy. Which, um, how did you guys feel about the ending? Because that was the other part. Like, the mystery left me a little bit cold, but I, like, hated the ending as soon as, like, they were on the roof and it was, like, finale. I know season two is coming. But I was like, okay, this is a solid wrap-up. And then they immediately go into, like, oh, season two. And it was like, uh, I don't I, I okay, don't really I have that. I do have a couple notes about that overall. That is the opening of the first episode, if you remember correctly. Is that they walk in and see that she's mm-hmm. stabbed, um, and you believe it's her boyfriend, um, and it turns out it's the old woman who I was so glad that actress will not be in it anymore. I'm sure she's a <laughs> fine lady, but my god, uh, and actually she's going to be in it a ton because she's going to have like flashbacks and shit. Um, so really, fuck me. But um, <laughs> yeah, she. So like they introduced that, and then in episode I want to say four. They have um, Tina Fey do the flash forward where she's like only murderers in the building. And so like, again, this is the same thing with what I just said about um, the reveals on Jan being the the killer. Set up, set up, payoff question mark. Because I feel like both of those uh, flash forwards um, are for season two specifically so i don't know like if you were going to do a flash forward i think it should have been um something with the gas or something like that that's related to this season having it be the end of this season that doesn't matter to the season feels like um a cheap red herring like um not one that particularly uh, to your point carson and i think that's where uh, overall there are some issues with the show is with its mystery writing but then again, you know, I think this is, yeah, this is like <laughs> created by Martin, uh, Steve Martin. Um, so it's like, I don't think that's his. And the guy who um, was a writer on Grace and Frankie and looking and it's like no murder mystery backgrounds um, or yeah. mystery at all. So like, I do think that that's a struggle, but I also think that it's not something that if you binge this, you would really worry about. I do think it's a week to week situation. So moving forward, once people are talking about this, once season two comes out, once Martin Short wins best supporting actor or best actor, whatever he's <laughs> going up for, uh, I do think that like people will just binge it real quick and then be like, wow, this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I am curious uh, talking diving off that what do you guys think for uh i know you're not too into emmys carson but just like using your uh awards knowledge do you see it getting some stuff 
I mean, it will, but I'm just curious. When is the Emmy el- uh, eligibility thing? Don't they have weird eligibility, like um, like calendar it's, year? What year? It's to June, I think. The beginning of June. Okay. So it's from June to June. So this would be competing next year. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, the only... I guess he does. I could see Gomez Nomination. getting... Not yeah. Um, I think I think short like is getting it. Um, in terms of just like there's also like a same with Jennifer Coolidge for the White Lotus. There's a it's their time kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, also it's you know career best work from him. Um, I think it could win comedy. I was the muted reaction to Ted Lasso. Um, and overall nothing really like standing out so far it would have to be a shocking first season for it to uh for something else to like pop up because i think this is going to hit the demo of like older voters as well as us our age group millennial kind of like millennial gen z those that uh those voters as well um which there are more than you'd expect but um I do think it's just, it's a very good crossover, um, which is hard for a lot of these shows. Um, and without and Schitt's Creek, something has to step up. Yeah. Uh, what well, did it I this mean, past that, year? What one? Ted Lasso, but- Yeah, uh, the last I, season didn't get, it was then yeah, I think I, fucked it over. Yeah. Um, Unless if curious. Ted Lasso wins, it's just like, they're, it's Emmy royalty. It's like Shit's Creek. It's just going to win I, everything. I thought that, but I think- um, uh, the muted reaction from Twitter, um, like I don't watch Ted Lasso's particularly. Um, Me neither. I want to at some point, but uh, all of my friends told me, oh, you have to get through the first three episodes. Well, I watched the first three episodes and then I didn't watch episode four. So I feel very like, oh, so I have to rewatch those first three that everyone tells me are bad. <laughs> my ex-boyfriend really likes the show. So like, I don't want to watch it. I assure you, the only reason I would ever watch Ted Lasso, which I do plan on watching, is because there might be some hot soccer boys in it. That's all I care about. I could not. Uh, do really about like Jason else. Sudeikis, but like it's just like the fact that my ex boyfriend likes it. I'm like, you can't do it. Not maybe, maybe when I'm a bit more removed from that breakup, but like right now, I just can't. <laughs> Paul, are you getting the idea that the feeling that like White Lotus might be kind of like a flop at the Emmys? No. Okay. I'm um, kind of getting a feeling. But no, we'll no, 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 no. Here's the here's the couple things that'll uh, happen. A, you didn't watch the Emmys when Jennifer Coolidge walked out. She got the biggest applause of the entire night. Oh, I think Coolidge like, is safe. I'm not saying Coolidge uh, won't. Get, I just don't think the rest are oh, like. I think it's gonna underperform no, 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 outside no. of her. No, I think it'll do very well because of one thing. Um, I think that HBO is going to bring back Emmy parties. And those nomination parties are going to be amazing. Watching the first episode of White Lotus and then going in, it's all, you know, White Lotus themed and there's great cocktails and they'll have the cast walking around. You get around the robe. And, yeah, that's the thing. Like you really do, like, um, you know, my my dad's a voting member and those parties, you like suddenly love the show. Um, and I do think mm-hmm. HBO goes all out for those. Um, Netflix as well. But the thing is, the only other option is something like Succession. Uh, this year is a weird uh, leap kind of year in that The Crown isn't here. So um, that's going to be an issue. 
Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that works out for like all of the drama shows. Um, I do think that it coming out and being a full year does hurt it, but um, there's been a lot of shows that do that and it's still fine. Emmys are a little different than um, TV or uh, Emmys are a little different than TV. Uh, Emmys are different than the Oscars uh, because <laughs> the Emmy voters um, have a memory that Oscar voters do not. And um, I think that they remember that something's good and keep it in their mind uh, for a while. Example, Shit's Creek. Um, and I think it's just because you spend more time watching it. So you like really remember it versus watching a movie. It's great for a week. And then, you know, it's like if we talked about something from April, you're like, ah, uh, but it looks like a TV show. Us still talking about the White Lotus. We spent time on it. It feels like something that's still uh, viable to discuss. Um, so yeah, I, uh, same with this though. If White Lotus went down, it would be this as well. Um, although <laughs> White Lotus also might have competition from what we're about to talk about next. But uh, yeah, the, there's rumors that it, Netflix is going to go full and we'll see. I will say a bit bummed again. We've talked about this before the golden globes, not to say like we, the, you know, not to stand by the company. This is the worst year to not have golden globes. Like this would have been, this is the worst year. Everything great would have done great at the golden globes. And it just oh, yeah. sucks. Cause this would have been done. This would have done great at the golden globes. Guarantee you, mm -hmm. like, I guarantee Selena Gomez would have won the Golden Globe. And, mm -hmm. like, it's just as a shame. The one year the Golden Globes are going to be good, it gets canceled. Yeah. I'm and, genuinely uh, sad the Golden Globes is not happening. Like, it's also, yeah, it, same. Go ahead, Alina. I was just going to say, like, sorry to like all the people experiencing like racism or whatever, but I fucking love a Golden Globe swatch party. I'm so sad. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, Taking outside of what the Golden Globes were, um, it is interesting that we kind of lose um, comedy and, you know, honestly, just fun um, from the overall uh, award season. You know, it's it did feel like, you know, now we're going to be sitting there and it's like, oh, it's the same movies for every single one. The Globes did stir it up. And it is interesting to me, um, you know, it's going to feel separate, but it's related. Um, you know, them talking about mixing the, um, the gender categories, getting rid of actor and actress and just having best. If we're doing that, I am 100% down for them to do best comedy performance, best drama. If they're just going to do like, oh, we're merging them. And then we have like fucking Jennifer Coolidge up against, you know, uh, I guess it would be Selena Gomez, which feels separate, but they are like different shows. Um, I guess I should have done like Imelda Staunton as the queen versus, uh, you know, Selena Gomez or something like that. It's like, you really can't uh, treat these performances the same. And I think it really hurts something like the Oscars where, you know, everyone talks about like, oh, Margot Robbie should have won best comedy performance, probably would have won her that, um, you know, 
I mean, there are changes that just need made. We talked before personally, like I personally think there should be an adapted performance and an original performance category separation because it just is unfair. But, you know, well, yeah, yeah especially <laughs> especially in something like the SAG Awards. Um, like I understand the Oscars need to have a like I don't see them switching actor actress for another decade at least if they ever do um just because it's so i mean you know i got to go to the academy museum last week and uh it was very interesting how they're like you like definitely felt that they're like everything's staying pretty much the same like they they had a lot of like progressive aspects but you know these are the movies that are great and they're the great they're the movies that i heard were great when i was seven um (laughs) i mean they're not wrong but it was just very funny to see so much that was like yeah movies have not changed (laughs) no they're still producing hits like nomadland just top tier and before we go any further let's hear a word about the sponsor for today's episode well in our other conversation today another tv show that's really taken the world by storm the new netflix breakout hit there's one like every six months squid game this is a South Korean production, um, and I will start here, I guess. Um, this tells the story of a man who is in debt. He's in serious debt. He has a child. He's very like much so losing his path in life, losing his like way, like just his way to the future. You know, his child is moving to America. His mom is bickering him to get money. They're running out of money. So he ends up accepting this game. Him and like 400, 500 other people, I forget exactly how many, are in this, get basically kidnapped and taken to this island where they're forced to play a series of, I think it's six? It's five or six children's games. Um, And if they lose the game, they die. If they win and can make it to the end, they make a shit ton of money. Not necessarily like a brand new story or anything, but this is a new version of it. Um, I'll say I like the show quite a bit. I don't love it. I think me and Paul are definitely going to disagree there on this. Um, But I think it is good. I think the characters are all fun. I really love the game aspect of it, but I also like the fact that it's not, it goes deeper than just like, oh, they're playing these games. These people running the games are not perfect. They make mistakes. There's a detective who makes his way to the island and he's sorting out, like trying to figure out what is happening and gather proof to like, you know, take them down. Um, And as a Saw fan, without getting into spoilers, I do like that this show basically just becomes a Saw film. Like it just is Saw. And I appreciate that. I don't think it's like a masterpiece though, but I'm curious what your thoughts are, Paul, because I believe you're more positive than I am. So you have to know like that I don't like Netflix television. Um, whenever one of my friends is like, oh, you should watch this show. I'm like, immediately no. Um, <laughs> I Other than elite. <laughs> uh, well, that's, uh, I was getting there. Unless it is international, um, then I'll trust it. But the domestic Netflix has such a, you know, people call it the Netflix bloat. And it used to be the worst with the uh, Marvel shows that they used to have. Um, And it was around then that I started giving up that. And then I want to also say, um, trying Sabrina, things like that. I was just like, I can't do this. Nothing happened in this episode. And like, I don't care about these characters and the writing's not particularly good. And, you know, why am I sitting here for 13 hours when that's literally six movies that I could have watched in this time? Um, so 
this came on and it was listed and I watched the trailer and I will say that the trailer um, is absolutely fantastic. It is so good um, to where I was like, I'm just going to put it on. Don't even care. I finished the first episode and I was like, this is great. And I started doing that thing that I always hate doing where I write people recommendations before I've even like finished it. And I was like, what if this gets terrible? I'm already in it. Um, and watched episode two, three, four, five. I think I watched through episode six in one go. Um, and I think it's like those first six episodes, I think are like perfect. They're so good. Um, and I like it because there's one thing that they do that I think that makes this more better than something like Saw. And it makes it better than something like uh, Battle Royale, even in terms of just the story. I love Battle Royale. I think Battle Royale is maybe the better overall, but there's a particular reason. It allows them to leave. And when those characters leave, after knowing they could die and then come back, there's less of a, oh, look at how bad these villains are, um, which is why Saw becomes more about Jigsaw than anything else. Once you have them come back, you're like, oh, these characters were in such bad positions that they are willing to die. And that is like such an interesting thing and allows you to have less guilt enjoying when things go wrong at certain points. Um, and I think that coasts for a good amount of the series. I will agree with you that um, I don't know how I feel about the uh, last couple episodes. I still think they're great, but I think six is like, Six, parts of seven, parts of eight are great. And then I don't particularly love most of nine. Is um, six the marbles? Yes. That's, yes, top tier, like, best episode easily. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, I mean, I had to quit after episode six because I was like, I'm just emotionally drained. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, in terms of, like, the violence, in terms of uh, the characterization, I love all of the characters and I love that um, they're introduced in ways that aren't like here's me and here's my shtick like you can know a character for two episodes before you're like oh this is their thing this is who they are um, outside of our, our lead um, the one thing I will say that just personally bugs me and this is with all these shows um, I hate, and this is mild spoilers. So if you care, like this, this will dip into spoilers constantly before we go spo full spoiler. But I hate when you watch one of these shows and you're like, oh, these are the main characters. So they've got plot armor. They've been introduced before and they've been given a couple extra scenes. So like they're making it through this. Um, and it pretty much follows that. Um, there's like one or two surprises maybe, but for the most part, it's like, yeah, okay, all these people are going to make it through. And that always bugs me. But, um... Well, I think that's something, like, a movie The Hunt did really well, is, like, it introduces established actors specifically, and then just, like, a minute in and kills them off. And you don't know who you're going to be sticking with until finally you find the woman, obviously, but... Um... Well, and see, that's actually, I would use The Hunt as uh, exactly uh, very similar to what I'm talking about, because then when The Hunt hits... I'm no longer scared because I know that, oh, it's probably Betty is going to like make sure. it through. And I'm not saying all the characters, but like 
if there's a character with a mild backstory, you're like, at least they're making it to episode, you know, like halfway yeah. through the season. To be so fair, though, that couple- is what, like, it does help, I think, the Marvel episode have that impact because, like, oh, yeah. it felt so certain, oh, they're going to make it to the end until that episode where you know objectively I, they won't. I guess I would have preferred, like, one, uh, introduce a couple extra characters and have one taken out in at least each game. So you're like, oh, sure. anyone could die. There's the first three games you're pretty much like oh yeah my main characters are making it out i'd agree with that Um, i don't even know if you really needed like to have a main single like a single main character because i don't think his emotional arc adds that much to it i'd rather that first episode like get to know like five of them right and then like Uh i think that would probably be even more effective yeah well okay so um (laughs) i'll save spoilers uh because i do have one problem related to this but just we log that away if you want okay i'm fine with um that. i the one thing that bugs me about the marvel episode so basically in the marvel episode um the characters uh get together and it's like pairing up and then you find out that you're against your partner and you, they thought that they were going to work together because that's been set up a few times before um and uh the one thing that frustrates me is that uh, the two female characters that connect together, one we have barely met and one is like the secondary lead. And so you're like, huh, I wonder which one is going to be killed off in this episode. And so like, it is brutal and it is sad. And, you know, I did cry, but did I know that it was inevitable? Yes. Do I wish that they had given her like another episode where she was like a little bit more important to where like you really were sitting there and you're like, I don't know which of these girls is getting out, but I will be sad regardless. Yes, I um, I think so. Um, and overall, I just think, I think the show works really well. I think once it gets soap opera-y, I get less interested. There's a big twist that everyone's like debating on. But I actually don't find that to be the twist that I'm like, I'm fine with that one. It works for me. Um, it feels very right for the show. Which um, twist the, is that? And then which twist? Okay, so the twist, uh, yeah, I guess we're in spoilers. Um, the twist with the old man. Uh, what people, you liked or disliked? I don't mind it. I find it okay. makes sense. Um, I do wish that he hadn't died off immediately after, um, but it's fine. Um, I, I think it especially re-watching it with my parents, um, <laughs> you're like, wow, this is so fucking obvious. And I was such a moron. There's so many things that happen, like from the fact that he's number one. Oh, well, they explain that the number is when you were picked. So he was the first guy found because he was the one who started it. Um, that he's the one who gets to make the decision and he's thinking about it. And you're thinking he's thinking about it in terms of his own life but he's actually thinking, should I let these people go? And then he does. And it's like this really altruistic thing until you find out that 93% came back and he knew that that would happen. But he still let that 7% uh, stay off. So that's kind of cool. Those 7% of people are just perfectly fine in their lives. Um, And then, uh, you know, all the stuff where it's like, oh, you know, he knows tug of war. Well, yeah, it's because he knew tug of war was coming up. So he researched um you know and knew how to play it and stuff and it's very interesting to like go back there and be like wow he uh it's also funny to watch episode six again 
knowing that he's uh, completely faking his mental illness and uh, his uh, Alzheimer's. And you're like, wow, this guy is a piece of shit. And um, I feel like I wouldn't... I because I hated that twist, but specifically because it was the final episode. If it wasn't in like if that wasn't the conclusion, I think I'd be much more open to it. Literally, the only thing like uh, really the only thing of no, I really did not care for the final episode at all. The only thing I liked was when he started going into his monologue, and it just like I pictured the Saw theme because that's just Saw. It's just Saw one. He's just John Kramer. He was in the game. That's it. He's dying of a he's dying of a tumor. John Kramer <laughs> dying of fucking what was that's it so tumor or something it was just like it was just saw one this entire show and I was like that's so funny uh, I don't mind it because I also I try to think of things in the grand scheme of things and so I uh, with this show I'm like okay this would just be the season one finale like this guy definitely has a plan for at least Especially finding out he's been working on this for 10 years. He has all like three or four seasons figured out completely. I, as soon as I read that, I was like, I have a lot more trust in what he's trying to do. He didn't just like sit there and be like, uh oh, because yeah, I don't know if you've watched a lot Westworld, um, where the first season is really well done. And then you get to season two and you're like, what, what is this? Um, I think he knows what he's doing moving forward. Um, but I like yeah, I use so, Westworld as an example, but not Saw, because that's just a Saw also. <laughs> Every film uh, is just not expecting there to be another one. Yeah, that is that is true. Uh, well, I was trying to think specifically TV shows um, in that like uh, a finale of a TV show, knowing that a second season is coming and planning for it. Um, but I had it uh, spoiled for me, which I was mad about. But also oh, see, then it became very obvious because they didn't show the body with the marbles. And I was like, okay, it's a little. When did you get it spoiled? Oh, like early. Because again, oh, everyone, uh, speaking of fucking spoilers, I don't know which episode we talked about this on because behind the scenes, we recorded two episodes today. But like everyone is like, oh, I'm not going to spoil the twist with the old man. Just don't say there's a twist with the old man. Like and then, every, yeah, it was dumb. Oh, it's like. It's like how someone said, um, I saw uh, someone post and say, oh my gosh, um, episode six of um, uh, Squid Game really messed with me. And then directly underneath he wrote, did someone just spoil the fucking end of Squid Game in a comment? And then I click on it and underneath it's like a profile thing that says the old man created the Squid Game smiley face. And he's like, then you go and look, it's not something he does. It's not like he's a troll. This was literally like some person was like, oh, let me help you out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. It's just like, and I, yeah, I just don't think you can have anything not spoiled for you. Cause people are like, number one, they'll try to work around it. And then half of them are just like innocently saying it. And it's like, well, yeah. Cause even uh, I wanted yeah. to post it into the Slack chat. I was like, oh, lol. Or I wanted to post somewhere like, oh, lol. I wish someone would put the Saw theme over a final monologue in Squid Game, but I didn't post it for like a week because I didn't want to spoil it for people. Cause it's really easy to not be an asshole, everyone. But yeah, it's, and it's very frustrating. Um, Cause I, I just really don't understand overall, like uh, that thing with spoilers. It's like, especially with tv shows i feel like people are like oh you can't spoil a movie but a tv show is fine and i feel like a tv show is more of an investment 
<laughs> like spoil a movie for me. I don't care, especially if it's a fucking Marvel or something like that, where I'm going to be like, oh, okay. Um, like regardless of whatever twist it's going to be. But like, if I've watched the show for eight hours or whatever, um, but going back to the other twist, um, the front man being the brother is so annoying to me on like a million levels. I understand that it'll be important. I understand the cop's not really dead, but, uh, I was like watching, I was like, why that ended with nothing. Like, I found out that he was a guy that I don't care about and, like, the brother of a guy I don't care about. Uh, cool. Um, I just wish it wasn't he, revealed. There was no reason to reveal it. It was, I agree with that one, especially. Yeah, because um, I, I fucking love the front man's outfit. I loved that he was kind of, like, you know, creepy. Um, I also love that, uh, I mean, yeah, when I'm trying to think of, like, which twist I liked and which one I didn't, loved that one. Uh, fine with the old man watching a second time. I was disappointed the first time I watched it, but um, the front man, I was just like, it didn't work for me. But what worked for me less was the fucking white guys that they cast um, for the VIPs who are literally the worst actors I have seen on television in a while, except for one of the guys. And he's just like one of the side ones. Every line he would do, I was like, that's, he knows, I hate using this fucking Twitter line, but I was like, he understands the assignment. Like literally he gets who he's supposed to be. Everyone else. I was like, what? Their line reads were terrible there. And this may be the actors were fine, but um, not being like well-versed in English. Did you watch the been... dub or the subtitles? Good. Cause that. they speak English anyway, don't they? Yeah. Okay. Cause I watched so, the dub I... for this. Sorry, everyone. Like I know it's the wrong way to do it, but. Oh, see, that's another thing. Like I went and re no, I actually re went and rewatched uh, the final scene between the two girls and I watched it in the dub just to see like the emotion is completely gone. And also like the voice acting in this is uh, like in terms of like the real one that some of the performances are really great. Um, that's disappointing. Uh, well, I know fuck. and we've talked about it before. It's just I was like when you I have to binge watch something because I had like four episodes left. And I was like, I'm doing it for the podcast. I can't be bothered to be like after, you know, I want it just dubbed easy. So sorry. but <laughs> Sorry, but I don't care. Yeah, no, um, genuinely. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, I've never done a dubbed movie in my entire life. That's not anime. Uh, and I don't watch anime, by the way. It was just when I was a child, I would watch like Spirited Away dubbed. I would judge you um, if you watched anime. Um, although, uh, although actually I will say this is completely irrelevant. Um, the spirited away dub is better than the, um, subtitled version. And that's my, my truth because gee. fucking Meg is way better than the girl that they have is the, uh, Meg from Hercules, um, is way better than whoever they have. And actually all the voices are better. Um, and that's my, that's my truth. Um, I have watched it both many times and every time I'm like, the dub is just like fire um, the only no thing I've ever movies. watched dubbed was this in Money Heist. Uh, it's so funny. Yeah, I've never watched Money Heist dubbed. I've never watched Money Heist, period. Yeah, I, mean, I was about to say, I don't think you've seen a sub either, well, to be fair. Well, uh, that's actually, I mentioned that because I keep wanting to watch it, but it is one of my like, oh, God, I got to watch subtitles. Um, yeah, actually, you know what? This is, uh, it's rough. It's um, relevant. So, you know, uh, what's his name talking about, um, Bong Joon-ho talking about, oh, you, 
their own, don't be scared of subtitles. It's not that people are scared of subtitles. It's that you have to fully pay attention and nothing else requires that except subtitled movies. Like I can watch a, you know, a very talky film. And if I get a text message, I can look down and it's fine. I don't have to go back the 30 seconds. And like, uh, you know, you get distracted. Your dog walks over. Oh no, I've missed a line. You have to go back. Um, it's very difficult. So like give people slack a little bit with like the, oh, subtitles are a little, unless you were in the theater, then like, yeah, fucking, you know, subtitles, but um, especially with television. But that is no excuse to watch dubbing is what I was getting at. Um, just don't watch it then. <laughs> That's my review. Don't watch Squid Game if you're going to watch with the dubbing. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I really like the show. Um, it's fading in my memory fast um but that's because this is gonna sound cunty but like um when you watch something before it gets popular and then it gets popular it's harder to stay interested in it than it is if you catch it right before the wave so like i watched it and like a week and a half later it became what everyone knows it as so like i watched it recommended it to friends, kind of like put it away in my brain. And now it's like, everyone's talking about it. I'm like, oh, okay. No one really, and my friends really haven't watched it. So there's no one really to talk about with it. It just kind of like just sits there, um, which is really annoying with Netflix shows. Um, I, I think if this had been released week to week, I think I would be still talking about it. Not just because it would still be going, but also because like uh, this amount of time since I'd watched, um, you know, after covering both White Lotus and Only Murders in the Building, because I agreed, I was at one point in my life, I was like, yeah, I just like it when it drops all at once. I'm really back to like, we just need to release shows once a week or like however many a week. Like, that's just, I think, how you make cultural moments when you drop it all at once. Like, it's hot for a hot second and then it dies. And I'd rather it not die because like at least when it's week by week, even if the conversation like the conversation around White Lotus has died already. Right. But like at the same time it's so much more memorable because you spent what six, eight weeks talking about it, watching it. And it became such more of like, it felt like a more substantial experience over one weekend. So I am fully like back to thinking when you do week by week. Well, and not just that, um, you know, uh, with this, um, I'm going to have to, I know I'm going to have to rewatch it by the time, uh, the next season rolls around. Um, the fact that I'm watching it twice is lucky. It'll probably log a little bit more, but I know I'll have forgotten a bunch of stuff. I'll have forgotten who the front man is. I'll have forgotten. Um, but, uh, that's taking away from the fact that the show is also just really beautiful. Um, although (laughs) the most gorgeous part of the entire show is a hallway and is not ever in any way used. Actually, that's not true. The hallways, one of the most beautiful spots in the entire, the, what I personally think is the most beautiful is actually the VIP room. (laughs) Um, That entire, with the bridge and stuff, the circus, that entire thing is like stunning. It's so cool. And then they have, um, you know, these fully like leopard painted people just standing fully naked. And I was like, this is like, this is, sexy this is like what i imagine like the ultra rich to kind of do um which is why it's so annoying when the 
like especially that old fat guy i was like oh my god stop talking and he got one more line early on i was like fuck he's the one that they cast as the main guy um and i could just tell that he was going to be important um and he was Um, I will say congratulations, Netflix, for the next five Halloweens and next 3,000 Comic Cons, you will have costumes. Just oh, yeah. show alone. Good on you, I guess, because there's a million uh, costumes and they just kept introducing new ones. You could have like a 10 person group and each person do a different costume and it would be like, fine. It's yeah. like, cannot imagine well, my, how many of these fuckers I'm going to uh, see in the next year. My favorite part about... Um, uh, talking about that is when Squid Game came out, I was like, fuck, there's my costume. But no one's going to fucking know what Squid Game is. And then within a week and a half, I was like, fuck, I can't do this costume. Now I'm like one of those people. <laughs> it was a real moment for me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do like the pink suit and I'll be like, it'll be fine. I can use my, uh, they have like fencing masks on. So I was like, just get like a fencing mask and put it on you know, put tape on it. It'll be fine. It was going to be so cool for you for like a couple days. And then it was just like, you can't do it now. You can't be yeah. a loser doing a squid game costume. Come on. I know. Um, well, I always try to do costumes that people go, what? And then I go, it's this. And they go, oh, <laughs> that's my, that's my uh, favorite thing to do. Well, cause I just hate being dressed as the same person as someone else. Yeah. Um, I also don't buy costumes. That's just, personal thing i've I, never dressed up for halloween so no like since i was in like kindergarten so that's so funny i uh i haven't dressed up in a while but if i do i just buy clothes i like and make a costume out of it <laughs> love that um so like for example i did calvin and Hobbes once and so i like uh bought a red and black striped shirt and shorts and just like dressed as Calvin, did my hair up and everything. And um, in a full tiger fursuit that you could kind of now use no, every day. Uh, no, no, no. I actually just had a, a tiger stuffed animal, which is somewhere in my room, I would guess. Um, but <laughs> bringing Tiger King back, Tiger King 2 is about to drop, you know? Exactly. Oh my God. God, I can't believe they're doing uh, a sequel. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, uh, the other thing that's really terrible about this show that I really like the fuck is he doing with that hair at the end of the show? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's real bad. Um, Oh, actually there's two things um, that there's another thing uh, going back a little bit. Uh, The thing that actually pisses me off in the show really pisses me off is the explosion of glass in episode seven. Because yeah, because it's unfair and it's dumb. It's, it's like, the thing is, there was no need for it because what happens immediately after still could have happened. Yeah. But the fact that she has the glass, I'm like, I mean, I guess it would have been so much better if they had had um, her just be killed in the middle of the night. And it's so like, oh my God, what? Like they were going to like work together. Mm. I understand like what they were trying to do, but. Wait, what are you talking about? she's stabbed by the glass and then his best friend murders her in the middle of the night okay never mind thought you'd met at the end of the bridge where they shoot the bridge yeah that's what i meant oh okay she gets stabbed by the glass and she's like bleeding out the whole episode oh but she's not killed okay got it yeah miscommunication i understand yeah and then and then her uh his friend murders her but that could have happened regardless but i don't think she needed to be 
it's a very cool shot. Yeah. And I think that they could have gotten all cut up, but I don't think that she needed to be. I also think they would have fixed her up. There's just like a couple things in it that I'm like, that wouldn't have happened. Well, that's like the case with had- a lot of this is it's like, because this entire gimmick, right, is like, it's fair and we'll do anything for fairness. And then like, for the sake of filmmaking, and I understand it, I'm not like, it doesn't, you know, ruin the show or anything, but there's little things like that that just don't make sense. And it's like, well, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, um, it's not, none of these are fair, <laughs> ultimately. Sure. Um, like, Specifically, tug of war is quite dirty with someone who knows it's going to be tug of war, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, that and then also um, the the um, marbles one, um, where you're sitting there and you're like, um, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, if I was with Carson, we would definitely play to the death. But if I was with Alina, um, I would definitely just trick her and make sure she just died quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah i mean um, for no, sure i was i was going to say i would probably just like let her go through but then i'm like Ugh. oh i she's wouldn't def- she's definitely oh, i would kill that last i would play movie. dirty and kill her like i would betray her 100 <laughs> percent. i mean you too let's be fair i'm not like you know not picking favorites here i would yeah kill i would easily i i do think it's funny though um all of these other shows battle royale uh hunger games anything like that they're similar a little bit i always go i could survive this saw games i'm usually like about half of them i'm like you know what i think i could pull myself through and make myself survive this um (laughs) this i'm like i am so dead every single one of these games there's not one that i believe i survive Uh, (laughs) uh i actually bought myself the um the honeycomb um thing and the little stamp um and i'm going to try it with my friends uh this week i don't have a stamp but i'm gonna do it because you can use the top of like a cup to make the circle oh cool i was gonna say for season two we definitely need a fully act like orchestrate like we did the white lotus special app we need to do a special for squid games 2 which includes us playing games that's coming everyone two years and then we have to like have a gun beside us. Yeah, no. And then the person we do kill at the end. Yeah. Uh, all of us except for one. And then that person just gets to be the host of Clappercast. <laughs> it's how we decide the new editor in chief yeah. for sure. <laughs> Jack, better watch out because we're coming for the crown. Um, but yeah, uh, no, I really like the show. I think it's uh, I think it's really well done. Um, if you're listening to this, you've probably watched it. So. Uh, uh, it is interesting. It is something that's like hard to talk about. Something like White Lotus, something like uh, Only Murders in the Building. There's so much to talk about with this. It's like, yeah, it's great. Um, I do think it'll be nominated for uh, Best Drama because I think that the um, ability to have a foreign show uh, show up. So basically how this works, um, the reason you've never seen foreign shows on the Emmys is it has to be an American production with notes from America. Well, mm. Netflix has notes from America. So something like Elite, I didn't know this, um, or Elite, depending on who you are, um, or the other show that you were just talking about. Um, Money Heist. Money Heist. La Casa so de pa- those, Papel. Yeah, or whatever. La Casa de Papel. Um, go to the international Emmys. 
So with Squid Game, though, because it has enough America and it's popular enough, uh, there's discussions on whether or not to submit it into the American ones, but you can't submit it into the international. Um, ultimately, I do think they're going to submit it to the um, American. And my reasoning is uh, I think that getting nominated for the being the first like foreign nomination is such a bigger deal than winning an international Emmy. Um, and I don't think it'll win anything, but I think it'll be wild. Um, yeah. I mean, I, you only get so many chances to be the next parasite, you know, that yeah, only happens um, so often, which, you know, once. So yeah, I could see well, it. And I, how racist are the Emmy voters. Do we know that? Do we have that on record? Like, would they vote uh, for this? No, they're not particularly racist. Um, like, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of stuff with like the Oscar so white and everything like uh, Emmy's so white this year. Um, but I think that if you look at the nominations, um, which is where it's more important, whoever wins isn't really that big a deal, honestly. It's Emmy nominations that are cool. Um, that it's, it says it's every pretty... production but Shits Creek. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah, or Fleabag or any of those. Uh, the other problem is Emmys are starting to become a little bit like, did we watch the show? Okay, well, then that's all I'm voting for because I didn't watch anything else. Um, which I feel like they're about to change the rules on some things because if it's another year of, so basically this year, all the crown won and all um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Yeah. It was two um, years in a row, right? Because last year was also sweeps. No, just one sweep. Oh, just Shit's Creek. Um, yeah. And then the dramas were all over the place. Um, but if they do that, and then uh, this year, the uh, mix, the craziest mix was, um, well, actually, there wasn't a complete sweep with comedy, but it was kind of close to complete sweep. Um, it was a mix with hacks a little bit. Sure. But um, I do find it interesting looking at like the award season and Emmys is doing this. Oscars are doing it like, because obviously the ratings are going down, right? Awards are not what they once were, especially these big ones. It is interesting seeing these groups like try to fundamentally change their show in order to get results that will be more popular and more interesting. Like it does kind of yeah. feel a little bit dirty. Like what are we doing here? If we're going to like attempt to sway the results to a point. It's just oh, it's yeah. interesting. It's a very like weird time in awards like history, I think. Uh, yeah, it is. And I, you know, ultimately like I, it's funny to me because I remember as a kid not being interested in the Oscars all that much, even though I was a big movie buff my entire life. And I would just be at school. And I remember being at school on Monday morning and someone went, oh, the Oscars were last night. And I went and looked it up. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of any of these movies. Um, and <laughs> it's weird to imagine like what that must have been. It was probably 2008. Uh, so whatever that was, I was like reading through and I'm like, I've never heard of any of this shit. Um, so like, you know, now caring as no one else does. Um, and that's so much easier to do because you could just be on Twitter and see every result. But I enjoy the, um, you know, it's the same as like, to me, it's the same as football. Um, I get the, I get the interest in football because it's that split second of like, <gasps> okay, now it's landed. Uh, you know, um, oh no, yay. But um, yeah, to your point, it is interesting that they're kind of like going, Okay, guys, let's try to 
try to get it to where the certain things are winning. Um, this year will be very interesting though, because I think that there's a lot of new blood all of a sudden, and I think it could really stir things up. And, um, I'm curious about shows like even like nine perfect strangers and things like that, that aren't like particularly good. No one likes them. Like those used to get into the Emmys all the time. They're less so now. And so I'll be curious to see if they do. They also don't have not to continue going back to the golden globes, but they don't have the golden globes. That was where like some things really started like pop off and like that were weird. Like I remember 13 reasons why Catherine, whatever got a nomination. Like it was just like, that was like the kind of the trashy one, but then some of those trashy picks would work their way upwards to the Emmys. It's really like just sad not having the golden globes. Not sad, like, because, you know, they're racist, but, like, God, what a, what a bad oh, year for this to happen. Um, well, why yeah, can't we no, lose I, the Golden Globes last year? No, fuck, that was horrible. Uh, I know, except we did get... Um, oh, yeah, that was... No, Golden Globes were supposed to have uh, Barb and Star this year, and then they canceled. Yeah. So, yes, it's a real, it's a real bummer. Um, uh, yeah, because I... I don't know. Um, overall, I'm just kind of frustrated with award season because I love it, but it does feel very like, I mean, okay. Uh, going back to the Oscars, I remember everyone being like, oh Let's my try God, to say this in a way that's not right. like, an asshole way. <laughs> Let's try not to insult all our listeners right now. Oh, no, 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 no. I was going to say so many people like on Twitter and stuff were like, oh, I got so many of these right everyone got a lot of them right i mean like i think i missed two i literally think i missed two and one of those was one that i like put as like a joke to myself knowing what would win (laughs) uh it was um i put uh olivia coleman over um minari's uh best supporting actress um and like i knew that Olivia Coleman wouldn't win, but like I was still like, although actually I was right on the other ones. So I think Coleman was closer conclusion. than probably number two, but that's yeah. neither here or there. But um, no, overall, um, you know, Squid Game, I think, is like uh, something that really does have a lot of coolness to it. I'm very excited about a season two. I don't need it yeah. to be something where it breaks down the um, storyline. I kind of feel like this is my like personal gut. If we're going to talk about like, what do you believe would happen? Um, I kind of think he'll become a VIP is my ultimate thought. Uh, and then that's what I thought was going to happen. My first prediction for it was spoiled was like, they were like at the final stage of the game, the people working, but mm-hmm. didn't oh, that's true. fun. Uh, no. Um, but I thought he was going to become a VIP. I- think for the next season he'll become a vip and you'll see a lot more of that world and he'll be like doing the betting and stuff like that um and then you'll meet other characters that are playing the game i don't think he's going to go back into the game because that's very hackneyed yeah um he could but i don't believe it um so yeah but it's uh it's a lot of fun that red hair has got to go it's so bad the worst part (laughs) there's some hair i'm genuinely thinking that might be why i didn't like the last episode because for me it genuinely is something where like if characters have really ugly hair i can't do it is why i hate goblet of fire number one harry potter it's very interesting the quality of the like length of the hair judges the quality of the movies there's a direct correlation um 
but like if someone's really like if it's ugly i can't do it so i think I'm, uh, that might be why i hated it and which uh, sounds stupid but i'm i'm just gonna pop in and say um goblet of fire is the only good harry potter movie oh fuck off it's i literally terrible i literally don't care for a single harry potter movie and then the fourth one comes up and i'm like yes why do they mate why like what was the was the logic like they're never gonna cut their hair and then they were like actually this looks horrible we have to have them cut their hair it was not good i, I think it was a way to like age them up but they were already aged yeah um they like looked fine um i can't believe like goblet of fire the worst one it's the best one not including fantastic by... beast too to be clear uh no 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 uh, goblet of fire is the best one um and people who say that the third one of the bet is the best are insane uh the third one is the worst one of the entire series is that the one uh, alfonso cron did yes oh. and i, I like order have i think not... i like order the phoenix best um God, i that's... love harry potter i just saw the first one in theaters and it was like yeah that's good <laughs> that's good isn't it like out of all the like i hate star wars did, i'm not a big fan of lord of the rings i don't hate it but i'm not like the hugest stan like, I don't like a lot of those series, but like, yeah, Harry Potter does it, doesn't it? See, mine's James Bond, actually. Um, Fair James enough. Bond is, James Bond's the one I always go, yeah, I enjoy this. <laughs> um, I could watch an old James Bond over any of the old Star Wars. Um, well, <laughs> I could watch pretty much anything over most of the Star Wars other than Rise of Skywalker, which is great. <laughs> which and is my genuine with... take my genuine take is yeah. the only good one is rise of skywalker <laughs> and with that we have completely lost all of our fans yeah. oh i'm cutting that don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah no i'm i'm excited to see where it goes um both of these shows uh i'm i really enjoyed um i want to see more same Cool. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Clappercast. A little bit shorter, but you know what? A good bonus episode, if I could say so. Let's go around and show our recommendations for the week. Uh, I can start, I guess. Um, And my recommendation this week, look, the 23rd animated Pokemon movie came out on Netflix. There's 25 total. And in this, it was not that good. I'm not going to lie. But I do feel like this series, and maybe it's because I grew up with Pokemon. I'm very, like, nostalgic towards Pokemon. I think it gets a bad rap very unnecessarily. I think there's a lot of really interesting choices in movies, but the best one, like, by far, is Pokemon the third movie, um, and that is going to be my recommendation for the week, absolutely. The plot of this movie is that this young girl's father dies, and then she has to, like, grieve with the fact that her father is dead and goes into denial with this, like, really powerful Pokemon that becomes a father figure. And it's, like, fucking so emotional, and it's so well done, and like, girl, I've not seen The Godfather 2 or 3. I don't really care. I've seen Pokemon 3. I know what cinema is. And I just think that so many people like hate on this and like, oh, Pokemon are the worst of like, Pokemon are so stupid. And it's like, fuck off. You know what? They're fun cartoons. And I think Pokemon, the Pokemon 3, the movie, Spell of the Unknown is like genuinely great. Maybe that's nostalgia talking, but like, I hope people go check it out because it is so good. Alina, what's your recommendation this week? Um, Pokemon rules. So I agree with you. I'm so looking forward to the Diamond and Pearl remakes. Yes. Pre-ordered. That's like the first thing I've ever pre-ordered in my entire life. I'm like, yeah, can't wait. So like my recommendation is Polytechnique. I've been watching. I Frenched that up. You're welcome, French people. I'm sorry for shitting on you so much, but I'll pronounce this word correctly. Um, I've been watching 
I've been trying to watch some of like Denny Villeneuve's early filmography. So I decided to watch this movie recently. Um, and it's only 77 minutes, guys. So like you have to watch it. Um, it's a like fictionalized traumatization of the 1989 um Montreal massacre this this is like being a Canadian this is like an event that I've heard a lot like year after year because it gets like talked about on the anniversary like every single year especially like my uh female teachers and like French immersion would always talk about it every single year so um it's like a story I like knew like pretty heavily already but seeing it like in film was just like an entirely different experience. It's about this, like, I guess he was kind of like one of the original incels. He like went to this engineering school in Montreal and like killed like 14 women. And he like, so he went into like the classroom and like told all the men to leave. And all the men did because they're fucking trash, cowardly assholes. And he like killed a bunch of women and then killed himself. Um, but like the way Denny does it, I feel like it's so respectful to like the victims. It's like all done in black and white. There's like a man who has to deal with uh, how he feels because he like left the women to die. Like they explore like so many different characters and like victims and like the perpetrator like so freaking well. And there's like an aspect when Villeneuve uses Pablo Picasso's um, oil painting, The Guernica, that works so well in the context of the film. Like, it's it's an amazing movie. It's short. Like, I, I really recommend watching it. Nice. Paul, what's your recommendation going to be? Um, okay, so I think I'm going to go with, and I don't know if I've mentioned this on the regular podcast, but uh, since it's TV, I'm going to mention the other two. Um, it's a show on HBO Max, and it's about uh, basically like these two millennials who they're kind of lost in their lives and not really doing much. And their younger brother, who is like significantly younger, I think 10 years difference, um, suddenly becomes a viral celebrity. And they're such garbage people that they just tried to latch on to his success to further their own careers. And it kind of feels like a successor to like uh, something like Seinfeld or any of those shows, Curb Your Enthusiasm, where like you're watching terrible people be terrible, but you like like them. Um, the second season wrapped recently. I don't like the second season as much as the first because it does lose a little bit of that edge in trying to have more of a heart. Um, and that frustrates me a little bit, but it's still really funny. Um, it's honestly one of the funniest shows. And uh, also really interesting in that it has a predominantly le- uh, the a gay lead. And he's not like, it's neither too hard for like the average straight audience to understand what's happening. It's not too uh, niche humor. Uh, for Alina Um, and then uh, it also like doesn't shy away from a lot of it for Carson so um, you know I think it's uh, I think it's pretty funny Um, definitely recommend it awesome well that's gonna be it for this episode of Clappercast where can we find everyone on social media Alina I am at Alina Falds on Twitter Instagram and Letterboxd Paul at price like tag on Twitter and Letterboxd. 
And you can find me on Twitter at BP underscore movie reviews, Letterboxd Carson Tamar. Thank you so much for listening. We have new episodes normally every single Wednesday. October has proven to be quite a chaotic month for us. So we have a little bit of a different schedule going for October. Um, but send us an email on clappercast at gmail.com. Uh, make sure to like, subscribe, give us five stars. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back later this week to discuss more cinema. Goodbye.